Father, thank you. I'm going to start to t- talk about the eternal gospel. Say the eternal gospel. I want you to read the book of Revelation, chapter number 14, verse 6. Revelation 14, 6. Don't disconnect us. Eh? Somebody will get a visitation while I'm speaking. So you need to be in the spirit. Revelation 14, 6. He said, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. An angel was preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Preaching to those who dwell on the earth. And he said, To every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Saying with a loud voice, those who have a problem when we are loud. I want you to read that part. Saying what? One, two, three. Say it like a loud voice. Say it like a loud voice. Uh-huh. Fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. There are three dimensions of the eternal gospel. The first dimension is called the fear of God. The second dimension is called to glorify him. And the third dimension is worship him. Hallelujah. That is the eternal gospel preached by the angel. Fear God. Give him glory. Worship him. Fear God. Give him glory. Worship him. So if we preach the gospel without preaching the three dimensions, we might not preach the eternal gospel because... (laughs) Do you understand that there is a temporary gospel and there is an eternal gospel? I don't know if you know that. There is a temporary gospel. Healing is a temporary gospel. Hallelujah. (laughs) Being anointed is a temporary gospel. Being blessed with things is a temporary gospel. It's not a false gospel. It's just limited in time. Now, some people criticize this type of gospel because they say it's not gospel. It is gospel. But it's limited in time. Hallelujah. How many people you've seen that have passed on and still driving their cars? (laughs) Or they have passed on and they are still building a mansion here to stay in. But while they, was al- they were alive, maybe somebody prayed for them and imparted grace in them. And through that grace, they acquired houses, cars, things. God wants to do that. Hallelujah. <laughs> God says, I am almighty. The almightiness of God deals with things that he can give you. It's a side of God. 
I know many people criticize that. Many preachers now criticize the fact that in the church, people preach that God can bless you. Yeah, there is a type of gospel. They, they think they have a clear gospel. So everybody that, everything that deals with blessing, they say it's prosperity message. Uh, you understand? Because they don't understand the dimensions of gospel. Mm-hmm. And there's a dimension of gospel that can be preached, which is the gospel limited in time, but we shouldn't stay there. This is a gospel that we cannot stay there. Because if we stay there, we will be missing on the real thing. But the angel came and said, he preached an eternal gospel, meaning that gospel is not limited in time. It's a fear God. The fear of the Lord is an eternal thing. Glorifying God is an eternal thing, and worshiping God is an eternal thing. So you are in this dimension or not, you need to do those three things. So those who are around the throne now do those three things. But those who are around the throne don't worry about a house or a car anymore. They don't worry about healing anymore. These things have passed away. But while they were in this body, they needed it. So as long as you are here, you need the first part of the gospel. If you fail to preach the first part, you will make people heavenly good but not earthly good. Hallelujah. People will be struggling throughout their journey and they get to heaven and they say, no. But I learned something. You can travel in the same plane, arrive together, but more in comfort than other people. You see, when you book a plane, there is the first class. Are they in the plane or not? Mm-hmm. And then there is a business class. And then there is economy. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the one in economy, does he arrive or not? But is it the best way to travel? <laughs> so, 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 we travel in economy because we don't have the resources to go to first class. So in the kingdom, when you don't have understanding, you travel economy all your life. Then you criticize those who are in first class because you see they are greedy. Oh, man, help me here. Holy Spirit, how do I bring this about for people to understand? So, when the plane is taking off, the front takes off first. Make sure. Before you sitting on the tail here, you can take off. When you are landing, they land first. <laughs> you understand? The plane lands like this. And then the That's why we in the tail, we feel the landing. <laughs> we feel all the bumps. Because we are located in a place where we are subject to all the, 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 the what? The storms and everything. There is a place where you can fly above the storms. 
They that put their hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. So there is a gospel that can make you heavenly goods but earthly useless. Yes. And I refuse to preach only one facet of the gospel. Yes, I refuse that. I refuse that. I can preach on holiness. Some people don't like it. I preach on that. It's all in the Bible. For me, anything that is in the Bible, I put it in context and understand that I preach it. Hallelujah. So I'm talking about the eternal gospel today. It doesn't mean I neglect the other part of the gospel. I do like it. Hallelujah, because I'm, I'm traveling. <laughs> mm. But yet you are traveling. You need, you know, the word temporary that says does not mean neglect your journey. When I'm flying, it's a temporary thing. But I do want to get the other side. Hallelujah. Even when you look through the window, you see them. When you look through the curtain, you can see these people are different. <laughs> they are personal assist people. You know, in our class, <laughs> there is only three things. Beef. <laughs> oh, actually two. And, and maybe vegetarian. These are the three. For them, it's on a menu on demand. Ours. Yeah. You eat even chicken. <laughs> Or beef, or fish. <laughs> Hallelujah. <Amen. laughs> so there are some Christians that are on that menu. <laughs> beef, chicken. <laughs> so when we see other Christians ordering on at will, they think these people are funny. What is wrong with them? What is wrong with them? Hallelujah. I'm praying that you may understand what I'm trying to explain to you. That there is a place. There is a place to suffer for Christ. And there is a place to enjoy for Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the eternal gospel, fear of the Lord, uh, glorify him and worship him. Say with me, the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Glorify him glorify and worship him. Yeah. Today I'm going to just speak about the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. What is the fear of God? The fear of God is to have a deep respect. I want you to take it down. The fear of God is to have a deep respect for God and all that pertain to him. The fear of the Lord is to have a deep respect for God and all that pertains to him. Is to have reverence and be in awe for God's power and authority. Be in awe of God's power and authority is to have reverence and be in awe of God's power and authority. The fear of the Lord causes us to love him. Hallelujah. We all know that God loves us. But the fact that he loves us does not disqualify us from loving him back. Hallelujah. And the fear of the Lord. I want us to read a few scriptures. Proverbs chapter number one, verse seven, where they talk about the fear. 
417. Can you go? And this will set you free, eh? You will see. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fool despise wisdom and instruction. Now, we spoke about wisdom a lot. We, we, we said that one leg of wisdom is knowledge. So, it said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, those who fear God are on the, are on the journey of the fear of the Lord, of, of, of wisdom. Let's read Psalm 128, verse 1 to 4. Psalm 128, verse 1 to 4. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hand, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants and around your table, all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So the fear of the Lord brings an economy of prayer. It means that when you have a fear of the Lord, there are some prayer you don't do. It happened by itself. The fear, look at what he, he, he said as a promise of a fear. He said, if you fear the Lord, number one, you will be blessed. All will be well with you. Number two, your wife shall be like a vine in your heart, of, in the heart of your house. Your children. Oh, so the fear of the Lord ushers a blessing in your house. You know the reason why we pray for so many things is because we don't know the key to access them. Let's read again another scripture in the book of Proverbs 22, 4. Proverbs 22, 4. It says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So by the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. You pray for honor, he said the fear of the Lord is the answer. You pray to have life, he said the fear of the Lord is the answer. Now the reason why people are the way they are is because of the lack of the fear of the Lord in their lives. The fear of the Lord is reverence to God. Hallelujah. When you have reverence, for somebody, you handle yourself around him in a certain way. You have reverence for somebody. You see, if you have reverence for somebody, when the person comes, you are not casual. There is a sense of, of, of awareness of his presence that comes upon you. There are some people, when they enter somewhere, it's like they carry a cloud. It's like, shoo. Hallelujah. The opposite of reverence is, being, is to be casual. That's the opposite of being in reverence. When you are not in reverence, you are casual. Hallelujah. It means, when you come, you say, hey, bro, how are you? He slap him in the shoulder. Hey, how are you, Diane? Hallelujah. There are few dimensions in God that we don't understand. God presented himself as a friend. Now, between friends, there is no really reverence. Hallelujah. 
Many people have stopped the work with God at that level. He's our friend. Or he's a father. They stop there. He's my father. I can go to him whenever I want to. That is good. It's a dimension of God. But there is a kingly dimension. Which demands. If he enters somewhere as a king, you don't treat him as a friend. You go on your face. Because the king is in the house. When I'm in fellowship with him, I don't need to go on my face. I talk to him. Hallelujah. When I'm in need, I talk to him as my dad. But when he comes in as a king of kings and the lord of lords, something changes in me. I don't look at him as a father anymore. I don't look at him as a friend anymore. I look at him as king of kings and lord of lords. Before him, every knee bow. And every time confess that Jesus is Lord. For the glory of God, our Father, there need to be a place of reverence for God in the church again. Where I don't hinder myself the way I want to. People come in church, they want to do astral projection. It's because they don't have a fear of the Lord. Yeah, I see them. Yeah, they think we are ignorant. I was breaking some wings this morning of those who want to fly. Because you come here and you want to test your power. You will die. Yeah, I'm telling you, you will die. Yes. Because you come to oppose what God is doing. Hey. The fear of God has departed from this generation. We don't have a sense of, I'm not talking about uh, a religious reverence where you need to drop your face. I need to put on a suit and a tie and a certain color. And, uh, this is a dead religion. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about reverence of the heart. Where you are captivated by the presence. And you know this is God. This is God. We need that back in the church. We need that back in the church. The way I handle myself in the presence. You cannot be in our midst while we are worshiping you eating chappies. You cannot be worshiping God and do some stuff at the same moment. We cannot be praying and sending SMSs at the same time. Because whatever we take cheap, we get cheap results. We do that. We are praying. Okay, listen. I, am, I will come back to you now. No fear of God. Who is in your presence? Who are you talking to? Who, all of you here, and including me, even if the president that you don't respect calls you for an audience, the first thing you do is to switch your cell phone off. Don't enter me and say, Mr. President, I will receive an important call, so bear in mind, when it comes, I must take it. You don't do that, because there is a protocol that needs to take place in that. You do not enter that place casually because you, some of you, you don't even have a suit. The devil president wants to sue you, you will go to buy a suit. 
That's the type of reverence you have for him. And I'm not talking about clothing now. I'm talking about your heart. But I'm putting in the natural so that you can see. The type of reverence we give to men. Some of you that say, no, I am me. I'm quiet. Yesterday, we saw you. <laughs> you worship that idol there. It has become an idol for you. You would travel, you would travel from the, the, the borders of, of Sabbath to come and watch this. But if I say there is a prayer meeting, ah, God is everywhere. But that game, you could also watch it on TV. But you want it to be in the midst of the action. You worship him with your BS. You worship him with your smoke. You worship him with every. You worship that game with everything. I heard there was some stuff there. You, you worship him. Even some people sing, swearing. You still sing that song. You don't hear what I'm saying. I'm talking about the church being conscious of God. If we can do that for a cheap game that is going to fade away tomorrow. What about the thing that is eternal? What about the thing that is eternal? Where do I put my focus? Where do I put my resources? Where is my strength going? I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it. It's good. You, it's a good it's part of life. You watch. But I'm giving example to show you how you have diverted or you have gone away from what you were supposed to give to God and you are giving it to things. When you play like my hero. And <laughs> take selfies with players. It's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But how do you react when you talk about the presence of God? Do you react the same? Are you excited inside of you because God is in our midst? Or for you, it's just, it's just, it's just. Or do you know that the presence of God is mightier than a game? Some of you, you are not worshiping anymore because we don't sing the song you like. So I worship with that song better. <laughs> you don't understand what worship is about. It's, about, it's not about the emotions. Uh-uh. It's about the reality of his presence. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord. Some will say the fear of the Lord. If this generation can come back to the fear of the Lord, we'll see amazing miracles happening. We'll see the demonstration of power like never before. If we can come back to, to, to reverence to God, if we can come back uh, to, to be in awe of him, if we can come back, Something will shift in this generation. Hallelujah. Amen. The reason why we talk about don't do this, don't do that, is because people have no fear of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm going to take some point. What does the fear of the Lord, what does it do in our life? Number one, the fear of the Lord, by the fear, through the fear of the Lord, we resist temptation. I want you to put it down. 
The fear of the Lord will resist temptation. Temptation cannot overcome you when you have a fear of the Lord in your heart. It doesn't matter what it is. It will not overcome you. I want to give an example. I will just use one example of at everything. Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter number 9, verse 7. Chapter 39, sorry. Genesis 39, verse 7 to 10. Genesis 39, 7 to 10. Are you, are you with me? Yes. I hope you are not tired. Genesis 39, 7 to 10. And it came to pass after this thing that the, his master, talking about Joseph, his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. That's English. Let me read it. And it came to pass after this thing that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. What does it mean? She was lasting after Joseph. Same. Plenty puts. And she said, you know, casting longing eyes, it's lasting. <laughs> Hallelujah. And she said, she said, lie with me. And, uh, uh, but he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me and in this my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hands. There is no one greater in his house than I, nor has I kept back anything from him but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God. He never said he didn't like the woman. He didn't say, no, you are not attractive to me. I'm not attracted to you. He said, I will suppress what I feel because of my love for God. The problem is not your feelings. Uh-uh. Everybody can have feelings. The problem is how you manage them. Joseph says, how can I do this to my master? And I will not do, I don't want to sin against my God. That's somebody that has a fear of the Lord in his heart. He said, even if I like it, I will not do it. Remember that time the master was not there. And when you sleep, if Joseph had slept with her, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be written in his forehead or the forehead of a woman. So a master will come home, everything is fine. He wouldn't know. But Joseph said, even if this can be hidden, God sees it. So when you have a fear of the Lord, you are not acting because people see you. You are acting because God sees you. See, I will not do that. Imagine people of our generation. Oh my God. What an opportunity. <laughs> because, because I tell you, if you want to enter the favor of a master, be friend with a wife your association. So then you do that, and then from now on, the wife speaks for you. But Joseph knew that his favor came from God. If I mess up, it's finished. Oh, I like this man, but he is not my husband. That's how you can act. Listen, everybody is having a boyfriend. I'm past 40. And somebody's coming, and I like him. But because I fear God, I will keep my stand. Until, if he's serious, until he marries me. Ooh, I like this girl, but she's not for me. 
Because I fear God, I keep myself away from her. Do you know what the fear of the Lord does? It protects you. Yes. When you have a fear of the Lord, you don't need counseling for those things. Oh, Lord, men of God, help me. Yo, I don't know how to overcome lust. You, you do know. Fear God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because lust is not the problem. Giving in to lust, that's where your problem comes. So you, if you resist lust, it will go. How do you resist it? By saying, I will not give in to you. Don't try to fight it. Refuse him. I have a problem. You want, you want to fight the lust. And you forget that the root of the last is not, is, not, is not that you sow somebody. The root of the last is that there was an opportunity of not fearing God in your heart. So last took advantage of that. But if you fear God, last will go. He said, resist Satan, he shall flee. He didn't say beat him, he said resist him. Hallelujah. So, so what happened is that when you have a problem of last, resist it. Don't say, oh, you know, I'm a last food person. That's what I do. No. Resist it. Because if you don't resist it, a demon will empower that. And when it empowers that, it will be difficult for you. Resist it. Now, when I say last is not a problem, you might misunderstand me. You think I say last is a good thing. No, 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 no. I'm saying that anyone can be tempted by last. That's why I say it's not a problem. But when it comes, you know how to deal with that. You take your stand in the fear of the Lord. Amen. You say, no ways, no ways, no ways, no ways, no ways. Hallelujah. Amen. So the fear of the Lord enables you to resist temptation. Number two, the fear of the Lord leads to obedience. The fear of the Lord leads to obedience. I want you to take Genesis chapter number 22, verse 2 to 3. Genesis 22, verse 2 to 3. And, and Genesis 22, 9 to 12, we're going to read, first of all, Genesis 2, uh, 22, verse 2 to 3. He said, and he said, take your, now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I, will, I shall tell you. Let's go to... Okay, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split, he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to a place of which God has told him. Let's go to uh, verse uh, 9 to 12. Let's go to verse 9 to 12. Then they came to the place of which God has told him. And Abraham brought an altar there and placed the wood in, the, in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and led him on the altar upon the wood. Let's go. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said to Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. He said, and he said to him, do not lay your hands on the lad. Or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. <laughs> the fear of the Lord leads you to unpleasant obedience. I, I, I emphasize unpleasant obedience. Remember God was like, like 
testing Abraham to the core. He said, take your son, and he said, then he adds, your only. Not anyone, not Ishmael, the son of promise, your only son, and offer him to me. And Abraham knew that, sure, this is difficult. But I fear God. You see, you cannot be in obedience if you have no fear of God. You will be in some kind of obedience, but not be in total obedience. You will be in obedience as far as he does not challenge you. It was a challenge to Abraham to lay down Isaac. And the Bible says, when Abraham proceeded to slay Isaac, the Bible says, an angel called him from heaven and said, Now, Abraham, I've seen that you fear God. Not that I've seen that you are happy offering your son. No, I've seen that you fear God. So it was the fear of the Lord that led Abraham to obedience. I don't know what kind of thing God is requiring from you. We all talk about the widow that Elijah went to and asked for food. It was the fear of the Lord that led the widow to go and take her last meal to give to Elijah. You see, you see when we talk about obedience, we are talking about a level that is beyond emotions. Obedience has nothing to do with your emotions. Obedience has everything to do with the way you trust him. So God can say something that is contrary to your feelings, but you do it because God says so. You lay it down. The reason why we look the way we look, we want breakthrough. We want the keys of the breakthrough. How many people are praying for breakthrough, but they don't know how to engineer breakthrough? They, they, they don't know how to lay down something in order to receive something else. They want to hold on and yet receive a breakthrough. He said to Moses, lay down your stick because I cannot give you anything if your hands are full. Lay down. There's a level of obedience that will take tears. Yes. Because you know that this is difficult. Hallelujah. This is difficult. But the Lord gives me the strength. Abraham wouldn't leave his country if he didn't fear God. He had to uproot himself and go to where God wanted him to because he feared the Lord. You know, if you fear God, you will do what he says. He said, if you love me, do. Hallelujah. The fear of God. I say the fear of God. The fear of God leads to obedience. Say the fear of God leads to obedience. Number three, the fear of the Lord, like I said, uh, I say resist temptation, and uh, the fear of the Lord help us to resist sin. Hallelujah. I talk about temptation with Joseph. Now it's sin. Genesis chapter number six, verse nine to twelve. Genesis 6, 9 to 12. And I want you to follow this because I'm just giving some, some foundational uh, truth here. Genesis 6, 9 to 12. He said, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man 
perfect in, the, in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was so corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the, with the earth. Now, Noah was in a generation of people that didn't fear God. And they were living a sinful lifestyle. And you know, the Bible says that the bad company corrupt the good habits. You understand? So Noah has shown us that although the Bible says that, there is a limit to it. Because Noah was in the midst of corrupt people. He refused to be corrupt. Hallelujah. You see, you can fear God in a way that even when the culture of where you are is corrupt, you stand up. You don't go with the flow. You stand. God looked on the earth. He saw that Noah was planted in a corrupted place. And he said, I'm going to destroy that place, but I'm going to save you. Because you stood. You see, it's not an excuse for you to come to say, this is a culture at my workplace. You know, you know, in South Africa, if you don't bribe, you will never have business. It's a wrong mentality. You need to know that you can stand in the midst of that corruption and stand righteous. You need to know that corruption does not define you. Hallelujah. That you define the place, not the place defining you. You don't allow the atmosphere of the place to change you. You bring a new atmosphere. Noah brought an atmosphere of godliness around him. And because of that, even his family, the Bible does not tell us they were godly. But because of the godliness of Noah, they entered the boat. I'm telling you, the reason why you resist sin is not just for you, it's for the generations. Because sin has no interest when you resist it. I said to somebody, if you don't kill Goliath, you will live on and fight your children. If Goliath had killed David, he would have fought the people. But because God, David killed him, it was the end of the story. God is bringing a generation of people that will stop, that will stop corruption in a generation. You become a door through which the Lord of glory enters. And you close that door to corruption. You say, as for me and my house, I'm a cash baby. As for me and my house, we shall worship the Lord. I don't care if my children are not worshiping the Lord. Me and them. I make a decision that as for me, somebody say, as for me. As for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. The Bible didn't say Noah and his children were righteous. They said Noah was righteous. Ah, they didn't say Noah's wife was righteous. They say Noah was righteous. Listen to me. They didn't say, oh, they didn't say those who are friends with Noah were righteous. They say Noah was righteous. Listen, God is looking at you, not the people around. And by your stand with God, you can save a whole generation. I say because I'm born, no one bearing my name shall be a failure. They are obligated to succeed. 
I've decided as for me and my house and the people to come. Because what you don't understand is that those who are not, being, are not here yet are still here. Yes. Yes. When Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, Levi also tithed, according to Hebrew. So your decision today affects the people yet unborn. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, don't worry anymore. If your children are misbehaving, decide to walk with God. Yes. If they are in trouble, decide to walk with God. Because God will say, as for you and your house, sir. <laughs> as for you, as for you, as for you and them, as for you and them, as for you, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. <laughs> as for me. Somebody say, as for me. As for me and my house. As for me and all that belongs to me. You know your house is everything. It's not just your children. Your house is even everything that is in your house. Your fridge, your TV, your... As for... <laughs> so, so, so when you decide, as for you and your house, it's everything that comes under the Lordship of Christ. Therefore, therefore, the demon that breaks car does not enter. As for... As for me and my house. Hey, say as for me and my house. Oh, you stand in the fear of the Lord and everything in your house lines up together with you. You stand and they stand behind you. You walk. As you walk before God, they follow you. As for me and my house, when I got that revelation, I stopped worrying about my children. When they do wrong thing, I rebuke them, but I know where they're going to end up. Oh, it's already sealed. I don't think they have a choice. <laughs> You know why? Because I was born before them. I have the privilege to be born before them. And they have made the misfortune to be born through me. Then they have no choice anymore. As for me and everything that came out of me. <laughs> I say as for me and me and my house. <laughs> as for me and my house. Everything that has a chance to stay in my house is obligated to prosper. He's obligated. Why? Because the Lord of heaven has spoken favor upon everything that belongs to me. Somebody say, as for me and my house. The fear of the Lord. Now, when you have that reverence and that, that you are in awe of God, things happen. Hallelujah. Hmm. The fear of the Lord leads you to honor his anointed ones. Yes. Can, I, can we read the book of, uh, oh Lord, help us here. Help us. Jesus, help us. David, oh, the time is gone. I won't be able to read all these scriptures. But I want to tell you something. David was being pursued by Saul. And one day, David was in a cave. And Saul entered the cave by mistake. And he went to rest. And people say to David, ha, the Lord has handed over your enemies to you. And David was grieved. He said, I will not raise my hand against the one that God has anointed. I know that this scripture is misused. Because some people are not anointed by God. They are misbehaving in the church and they don't want us to talk about. I'm not talking about that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
The pastor is sleeping before I remember. I say, he's anointed. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Who anointed him? If he were really, really anointed, who didn't go there? You hear what I'm saying? We don't justify bad habits. But I'm talking about a genuine person that follows God. And you can see this man is called by God. And maybe he has a downfall. Then I keep myself from putting him down. You know, I had a, an encounter even last night that shocked me. I want to tell you, I didn't have a chance to share with my wife because she was up early and she went come to worship. I was going somewhere and I was supposed to cross a river. And when I got there, it was a way. They told me this is the way. Follow it. When I got there, there was a river. And the river was muddy. And I said, but why must I cross a muddy river? They said, we want to show you something. And when I put my feet, there were fish that came out, big one, that started to bite other fish. And the water became red, and they were eating up fish. And I said, but we can't cross. These fish will eat us up. And while I was talking, one came and grabbed my leg. I said, you see, it will bite us. <laughs> we can't go. We can't go. And the voice of the Lord came clearly to me. He said, what you saw there is a picture of my kingdom now. They are biting each other and destroying each other and wallowing in what they call Holy Spirit, but it's not Holy Spirit. Because he said, if the two Holy Spirits shows up, there are, there are things that need to manifest. We love one another. Hallelujah. We don't kill one another. We don't gossip one another. You sit in the same church. You don't talk to each other. You say you have a Holy Ghost. Which Holy Ghost did you receive? I say, which Holy Ghost did you receive? There is a question like that in the Bible. At 19, have you received the Holy Ghost? Which baptism did you receive? So when I woke up this morning, I was trembling. I said, Lord, what must we do? He said, there is a way. There is a way. He said, there is a way. I said, the church needs to move away from deception and come to reality. And the pure water will cleanse them. And they will be able to walk in righteousness, holiness, sanctification. And the result of that is that they will not seek to destroy one another. That's what I saw. Do you understand that as we are sitting? I heard a few years ago that was, 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 a, was a church that was praying for divine to close. Yes, yes, I'm genuine story. They go to a prayer meeting and they pray for divine to close. That many years ago. They prayed, they prayed, they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. We didn't close, we unclosed. <laughs> so they help us with their prayer. I even know the church, I know them. They're praying for, against us to close. Church, I say, but if, if you know I'm not from God, eh? and you, are a, you have a real Holy Ghost, why don't you come and help me? If you are really, really born again, the Bible says, I desire that no man shall perish but come to the saving knowledge of God. So if you are really, really, really a pastor anointed and you know I'm lost, why don't you give me the grace to tell me that I can deliver you? And then we sit. If you can't deliver me, I might deliver you. 
before you can say this word is not from God, make sure that you have tried to help him. Maybe you can't assess him, but did you pray for him? Did you pray that God may open his eyes so that he may see that he's in deception? Or are you just gossiping? You are one of the fish that God showed me. You have grown fat, but you are biting people. May God help the church. I say, may God help the church. I say, may God help the church. We need the fear of the Lord to come back in the church. Hmm. Ah, I will, I will stop there and, and give a benefit because there are many things that I want to say, but the time is already up. The benefit of the fear of the Lord. You must understand that the fear of the Lord leads to life. Can we read in the book of Proverbs 19.23? Because there is a part where I say the fear of the Lord saves you from the fear of men. If you fear God, you don't fear men. You can't fear both at the same time. Uh, maybe let me go there. Daniel, in the book of Daniel chapter number 6, the Bible says a decree was, 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 was promulgated that no one should pray another God except for the king. And they said when they did that, Daniel, when he heard that it was signed, he went to his upper room as his custom was. Somebody say, as his custom was. You know, I want to deal with something here. Intercessors. 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 I say intercessors. The way you are operating is wrong, some of you. Because your custom is not intercession. You wait for event to pray. You don't wait for South Africa to be in trouble before you intercede for South Africa. That's why for me, and uh, my dear wife knows that, those SMS you guys are sending, let's pray for this now. I don't pray. I don't. Because I'm not motivated by fear. If the Lord didn't lay it in my heart before, I won't pray anymore. It means that the Lord didn't expect me to pray for that. Intercessors, listen to my voice. There is a place where you can pray like that. Continue. But I'm showing you a more sure way. Where you are in tune with heaven. And before it happens, you start to intercede. You don't wait for it and you are caught by surprise. You don't wait for the war to intercede that there won't be war. You need to be on your guard. Before. You don't need to be in trouble before you intercede. Some of you, you, you wait, you are broke. And then you are praying, Lord, provide for me. It's too late. You are already broke. <laughs> you pray for that before even this thing comes. Now, if it's there, by mercy, God will deliver you. But the sure way is to prevent it from happening. So Daniel prayed. They said three times he prayed as his customer. And then the people came and secretly they saw him pray. They pick him. When the guy was Rakashata, they pick him, they say, Come, come with us. And maybe he was praying still when they were going. They put him in front of the king and they said, This guy. He's not fearing you. He's still praying to his God. It means Daniel had no fear of men in his heart. He refused to compromise because he knew God is bigger than this king. Now, if you don't have a fear of God, you will fear men. Huh? You will fear things. But there is a key. I want to end up with that key. They say he opened the window toward Jerusalem. Say toward Jerusalem. No, he did not open the window toward Jerusalem just to play. Yes. He, he had read in the book of 1 Samuel when Solomon was dedicating the temple. 
First Samuel 7. When someone was dedicated to the temple, he said, if anyone is in trouble, huh, and he prayed toward this temple, may you hear him from heaven. So he was praying upon covenant. Uh, no, 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 you don't check what I'm saying. His prayer was not aimless. He had an altar from which he was praying. He knew that it was spoken, that anyone that prays toward Jerusalem should be heard. So he didn't pray aimlessly. He opened the window. It means that everything that was blocking him from accessing Jerusalem was open. I don't know how you are praying. You pray with promises God has made you. When you stand and you open that window toward the promise, the answer shall come come because you have an open window for which you can access. You can access Jerusalem. Listen, listen. Your Jerusalem is the time where your promise is. So when you open your window, you are opening the promises. You are talking words from what God has told you. I shall not die, but live and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Because God has told you, your assignment is not over yet. Yes. Yes. I've been in a situation where sometimes I said, this is tough. And I laugh. And I say, it shall be all well. And then they ask me, why do you say that? I say, because God didn't tell me to go otherwise. <laughs> if he had told me, I would change. Lucian. If God has not told me that something will happen to you, if a phone they say, this has happened to Lucian, I say, wait, <laughs> it's just a time, it will be fine. Because you pray upon promises. You speak upon the word, what the word says to you, that's what you believe. You don't believe contrary evidences. You don't believe the satrap that are coming to get you. You don't believe a lion. Listen, they threw him in the lion, in lion den. The Bible says, uh, the king came. He said, did the Lord that you worship and fear rescue you? He said, long live because the Lord has sent his angel to glue the mouth of the lions. Why? Because I'm a God-fearer. And if I fear God, no lion should be able to devour me. He said, the angel of the Lord then came all around those who fear him and put them out of danger. I'm appealing to you that the answer of your trouble is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord means if I make a promise to the Lord, I do it. Mm-hmm. When the Holy Ghost tells me, I want to fellowship with you, I run to there. Even if I'm with my family, even if we are watching a good movie, I'm able to stand up and say, I am coming because greater is calling me. If the entertainment is a temporary thing, I'm walking away from this and I'm coming in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are sitting with a friend. You talk for three hours. Hey, it was nice, but it was gossip. You, 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 you gossip about people for three hours. And when you finish, wow, the fellowship was nice. Which fellowship? <laughs> Have you realized that when you get together, you talk about other things except you? Except the way you feel. Except the emotional state in which you are. When we gather as friends, we talk about the past. <laughs> and we talk about stuff that are not relevant to his life now. And when we finish, oh, we had good time. You didn't have good time. You mislead yourself. You are misleading yourself. May God bless us today. People like Daniel that will go into the lion's den, not fearing for their lives, and say, if the Lord said it, 
it settles it. Even if there are lions there, I will still enter. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Hallelujah. Take the word of God without emotion. If God says it, it will happen. No, some people come. No, the Lord told me this, but I don't know. I don't see it. I say you don't see it. That's why you don't get it. <laughs> Not because you don't see it. Because you are limited your sight to physical sight. You, what do you see? It's what you see you, pe- you get. It's what you perceive you get. No, the Lord spoke to me, but I haven't seen it. I say you will never see it. See it before you are quiet. And in the midst of sight, there will be problems that will try to affect your sight. And then instead of keeping your sight on your sight, keep your sight on the Lord. I don't see it with my physical sight, but I see it with my spiritual one. Hmm. Who are those children that are following you? He said, these are my children. He said, I never knew that I would live to see your children. You again your children. So when he was in his land, Jacob, he never knew, he never saw children until he moved to Egypt and he realized there were children waiting for him in Egypt. Listen, you can be in a place spiritually and you might not see what God is happening, but when you move from that place to another one, what God has done is already manifested. Hallelujah. So I'm not seeing it here, but I need to move to higher heights. Come up here so that I can show you the things to come. Revelation 4. He said, as long as you are sitting among the, the, the captives, you can't see. You are sitting there and you think you are captive, but you are not a captive. You see the, the bones, the shackles, but you are not in chain. Come up here. So he slipped out of the chain and he was in the heavenlies. And then God started to show him the book of Revelation. From, from, he said, I will show you the things to come, but you need to come up here. You need to have some height. You, are, you need to come up in the spirit because if you are down, you can't see anything. God is the God of a mountain because mountain provides sight. Come on, somebody help me. Somebody help me. So when, when it's tough on you, you know what you must do? Go up. Come higher. Disconnect yourself from the problem and start to come up in the spirit and you will see what God has told you. You will see it. You will see. I say you will see it. Say I will see it. Yeah, you will live to see what God says. You will see it. You will, I don't care how old you are. You will live to see what God says. I don't care how sick you are. You will live to see what God says. Because what God says cannot be a lie. God is not a man uh, or a man to lie. Not a son of man to deny his word. What he says, he, he does it. Don't disqualify the word of God because of your own condition. Is there anything too hard for me? Remember the question in the beginning. Is there anything too hard for me, save the spirit of the Lord? It's not what you are going through. It's where you are going to. Because what you are going through is just a passage for you to attain where God wants to take you. And between what you are going through and where you are going, there is a difference. As long as you are in the plane, Hallelujah. Even if economy bear on. Hold on. For economy, we say hold on. For business class, we say travel well. So, so as long as you are in the plane, you will arrive together. So when God has said, you might not feel that it's nice, 
You must feel, you might feel the storm, the bumps. You might see the turbulences. But hold on. The pilot is a good pilot. <laughs> he is a good pilot. And, and I'm hearing he's making announcement that you are about to learn to the promised land. Oh, the journey, the journey was long. But finally, finally you are about to break through. Finally you are about to see what God said. Finally, something is opening up for you. Finally, finally. It's like a small cloud. But if you can lift up your head and see there is a cloud, you will say, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It's not the size of a cloud. It's what fills the cloud. It's not, listen to me. It's not the size of your cloud. It's what is condensed in that cloud. Listen, Elijah said, this cloud is loaded. Although it's small like a man, but it's loaded with abundance of rain. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there is a cloud above your head. Listen, listen to me now. Listen, the Spirit of the Lord is saying that if you don't despise the cloud, you will see out of that cloud abundance of rain coming to you. Do not despise the small beginnings. Do not despise the small beginnings. He said, you mountain, who are you before Zerubbabel? There's a time of release that has come in the kingdom. Oh, I feel it in my bones. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. There's a time where Yahweh is standing up. Hmm. Where is These are the days of Elijah. There's no log, no like Jehovah. The days of Elijah are ushered through intercessions. But when intercession is done, cloud appears. We are groaning. And that groaning has reached heaven. And a small cloud has appeared. And it takes those who have the eyes of the spirit to know there is a cloud. I say there is a cloud. I say it rises out of the sea and positions itself on the horizon. And those who have a sensitive voice, we can see it and say it's over. I say it is over. I say it is over. I say it's over. Because you see God. You see God in his glory. Because of the fear of the Lord in your, in your heart. You see God in his glory. Let's not be like Peter that was full of faith. And he stepped in the water and was full of fear. I want us to know, today, I came with this announcement to you. There is a cloud. Amen. Tap your neighbor and say, there is a cloud. <laughs> say, neighbor, can you see it? There is a cloud. I see it. I don't know if you see it, but I, 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 I see it. I see it. I see it, I see it, I see it. And, and if you are staying with somebody, say, oh, you are obligated to prosper because I'm there with you. Say to that person, say you are obligated. Say you are obligated because, because I'm there. Hey, say, say I'm there. You have no chance. You have no chance. Even if your ancestors follow you, they stop at my door because I'm here. I don't care who follows you. I don't care who came with you. I'm here. Ha! Yes, born like a lion. Speak the word with authority. Say to the sick, because you, like I told you, you are not begged to go to heal the sick. You are commissioned. 
So when you go to them, you don't beg them. You tell them. You are a messenger of good news. You look at me and you say, I am here. Your time of suffering is over. In the name of Jesus that sent me, come, finish. And then you don't just heal him. You say, by virtue of his healing, you are entering a new season in your life. As you heal, you announce. As you heal, you announce. As you heal, you announce. My friend there, it's a new season in your life. It's a new season. Remember we prayed for your brother? The brother is playing rugby. And uh, he came here with that thing on his foot again. I didn't know what was wrong. Prayed for him. I said, this is a limitation. Today I'm praying for you. The eyes of people will be open upon you. And when they pick, they will pick you. They picked him. They picked him. He was playing for what? Ah! 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 I came here, couldn't, was walking, limping. I said, you know what? I said, which team are you? He said, I'm, he was in a third of second team. Third team. I said, I don't care. My God will fast forward you. You know what? They went and they picked him from the third team. They bypassed first, second, and they picked somebody from third team because God has decided it's your time. Because God has decided it's your time. We prayed for him like three weeks ago or four weeks, three weeks or four. Yeah, three weeks ago. You were there. Within those three weeks, he's playing for. I'm telling you the truth. Listen to my voice. There's a time of acceleration upon you. God is going to ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. God is going to fast forward you so that you can you can achieve in one month what it took you one year and you struggle with. A fast forward. Oh, I hope people are here and receive. Bible says, a body without a spirit is dead. <laughs> So when I proclaim, if you don't catch the spirit of it, these are dead words. Yeah. There must be a spirit that empowers the body. Do you have a TV at home? Yes. Huh? Do you have a TV? Yes. Do you know that unless you plug that TV, you can't work it out? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know also when you plug it, you can have a tiny remote control in your hand. And from your place, you do it. But you know if there's no batteries in that remote control, you can press it, it does not work. The battery is the spirit of the remote control. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you the spirit of the Lord is hovering over you right now. Catch it and you will see what is going to happen. I said catch it, catch it, catch it and you will see what is going to happen. Fast forwarding, fast forwarding in the name of Jesus. Fast forwarding in the name of Jesus. Things out of the blue will start to happen. You wonder, Lord, why is this happening to me? Because it's too good for you to believe. God will announce you in places that you have never been before. Hey, 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 hey. God will announce you in places that you have never been before. Yes, yes, yes. They will gather to fire you. At the end of a meeting, they will promote you. Yes, yes, because the Spirit of the Lord goes with you. The Spirit of the Lord, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? 
Oh, is there anything to add for God? I want you to receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Receive it, boy. Receive it. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive. I want you to pray and say, Lord, I receive this word. I receive this word. I receive this word. Say, Lord, I receive this word. I receive this word. I receive this word. I'm being fast forwarded. I receive this word. I'm being announced. I receive this word. Woo! Hallelujah. You give a big hand to our Lord. Whoa. 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 And that's it. Standing up there. There's a new season upon your life. Listen to my voice. If you can hear to the word of God, there will be many streams of open doors upon your life. And you will testify the glory of God. The grace of the Lord is receive it right now. I say receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. There's streams of open doors. I see like a channel being opened upon you. And God is doing many, many things. And God is going to lift you. I say God is going to lift you. They will give you opportunities that you didn't apply for. Lord. The Lord will go with you. The Lord will go with you. The Lord will go with you. I say the Lord will go with you. The Lord will go with you. Some of you sitting there, you've been praying for healing. The Lord says this is a bus stop. Now, by reason of his service, you are healed. I don't care what they said. You are. I say, I don't care what they say. You are. I don't care what they say. You are. It is finished and finished and finished. You are too blessed to be stressed. I say, you are too blessed to be stressed. I'm telling you. The hope of the Lord is arising in your heart. They say it's a bad season, but for us it's a thriving season. Yes. They said the petrol price going up, we say we're going higher. Hey, they say there is no this in the country. We say no, we're living in a new dimension of a spirit. No more complain. Let's enjoy the presence of God. Let's enjoy, let's go in the fellowship with the Holy Ghost. When you go home today, the first thing you do, you start to praise him. Yeah. It is done. Yeah. 